welcome to Icon Underground Radio for the week of May 25th, 2016. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. So we've got a little bit of news on a little bit of everything this week. We've got some toy news, uh, some live action movie news, some comic news, and then we're going to discuss the, uh, the big scary thing for the week, which is the new issue of More Than Meets the Eye, uh, number 53. Uh, but first, uh, the May Mayhem Groove figure, uh, which was previously a, uh, a Japanese exclusive, uh, in which Hasbro has been, you know, of course with the name May Mayhem, they've been touting as a May release. Finally, with only a few days left in May, uh, it has been put up for sale all over the place. Uh, we, we do not have any particular sponsors to tell you to go buy it from, so just go buy it from somebody. Uh, if if you are feeling so inclined. Uh, a lot of places have it as pre-orders. A lot of places have it listed as out of stock already. So look around if you want it. It's out there. Uh, we have also seen pictures now of a black version of Masterpiece Tracks uh, based on his original Diaclone colors. Uh, his name is Loud Petal. <laughs> now, is is that some kind of, like, pun that didn't translate or something? I think it's supposed to be just a musical reference. I think. From like huh. some pianos that, that have like, like a weird translation. Pedal. But yeah, it but could just those be Those have transition. names. It's not just loud. What? <laughs> no, I, I know they do, but... It's... You know, the, the, the loud pedal. It was named by someone who kind of knew about it, but not a lot. It's it's not a horrible yeah. name. It It just... Feels like it could have a better name other than just Black Tracks. Yeah, it just seems kind of it just seems kind of nonsensical. I mean, Exhaust was pretty great though. Yeah, but Loud Pedal is just it's hard to top Exhaust. Some words. It's 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 one of those the Japanese really love English names. Yeah. Uh, in in uh, movie news, I'll let you take this one, Alex. Ah, uh, yes, in movie news. They've announced another cast member for Transformers 5. Josh Duchamel is back. And presumably Yay. so is Tyrese, because why would you bring one back without the other? <laughs> Yay! Yeah. yeah, apparently Tyrese Gibson hasn't been officially announced yet, but Michael Bay tweeted a picture of him in some remark about Transformers 5, so uh, presumably it's at least unofficial. Mm. But yeah, that's... uh. That's probably the most exciting Transformers movie news I've heard. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably the uh, best characters to appear in more than one Transformers movie that are humans. Yeah. yeah. They're pretty cool. And then uh, in other fiction news, the uh, Transformers Club has been shuffling the deck a little bit on the uh, subscription service for their fifth and final release, or at least presumably final. For one, they've released another story promoting it, this time featuring Toxitron. And for two, they've extended the deadline to Friday this week, and they have opened purchase to anybody who's ever been a member of the club with the technical limitation of they might not be able to find your records if you weren't in the system as of 2012 when they switched over to their new e-commerce system. But hey, give them money, because they... Clearly need it. <laughs> please, please give us money. Yeah, that does kind of make me wonder if 
like maybe they didn't get the sign up numbers they were hoping for or either that or it's just a big cash grab. I'll I'll give them the benefit of the doubt here. They announced after the club subscription shutoff date that they wanted to give people a way to buy in even if they hadn't gotten in by the subscription cutoff date. Yeah, so it's a little from column A, a little from column B, because like my subscription, which I had not had for a few years, but I got again last year for last year's subscription service, which still haven't all come yet, but mine will run out like this month or next month. Not that I want subscription <laughs> five, but uh, it, it's nice that yeah, they're giving I, the option, I guess. I think I had a uh, a subscription. I think 2012 was the last year I had a subscription. Maybe it was 2013. It was the last BotCon I went to, at least. I went ahead and picked that up. But uh, that was... I, 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 of course, I don't have the money for that kind of thing. But it's it is... I guess it's nice of them to open that up, though, I mean, we, we know how I feel about them, so I'm sort of wary to think of anything they're doing as nice well, and not, you know, self-serving. Yes, it is both. It, it is self-serving while being nice. Because they're trying to sell everything they possibly can before they can't sell anymore. <laughs> yeah. So there has been some big comic news that is really just big comic news for all of comics. Uh, well, but most which, of comics. Comics are yeah. like DC and Marvel. Uh, which is that Comixology, which some may remember has been uh, – got purchased by Amazon a little while back. They have a new – basically sort of a, a streaming service. It's Comixology Unlimited. Uh, and they have uh, just a free streaming service at $6 a month, and it's intended, I imagine, to be comparable to something like Apple Music or the Google Play Music subscription or Spotify. Or Marvel or... Unlimited. No, it's yes. not intended to be similar to any of those. <laughs> it is. How is it different? Well, it is to those services as... Amazon Prime Video is to Netflix. In that Netflix yeah. is just trying to get you the rights to as much video as they can afford that they think will get people to subscribe, whereas Amazon Prime Video is kind of doing a similar thing, but also doing it because they can do the thing where, oh, you've just binged the first four seasons of this series. Seasons five and six cost money, above and beyond your subscription fee. Yeah, you want to see what my, happens, um, right? My my mother has been really annoyed about that just regarding my nephews and how they'll uh and this could, you know, tie into to rescue bots and various other kids shows is that they uh you know, you get your kid who has been watching this show and they get to the point where they're out of new episodes and so now the kid is pressuring the parents to buy <laughs> to buy the series and what are you going to do? But uh, probably not going to happen so much with the, the Comixology Unlimited thing. But, yeah, well, it, I... It already kind of clearly is, because it's stuff like they're advertising, like, you can read Saga for free for the first six issues. And you can read More Than Meets the Eye. Only or, six issues. Sorry, you can't read More Than Meets the Eye. You can read uh, Robots in Disguise up to issue 40, at which point you need to start paying 
Yeah, you can get all of uh, the Marvel G1 issues uh, through IDW in this case. Uh, and you can get all the Transformers versus G.I. Joe. Uh, but yeah, no more than meets the eye. Uh, only Summer Watts in disguise. And I take it there's nothing pre-Death of Optimus Prime? Actually, it looks like there's plenty. Let me double check. But Okay. Well, it, it kind of sort of makes it... Well, a Netflix model would be more fun and more useful in a way, but I can't blame them that much for doing it because Marvel Unlimited does the same thing. It's like you can read almost everything Marvel's put up up to six months ago. They just don't Although have they the do that on a rolling basis. They try to flesh out their back catalog as much as possible. Yeah, and which I put I'd stuff up hope, on the six-month date. Yeah, I would hope Amazon would do something like that too at some point in the future. Near future. I mean, I'll I'll say a couple things about this. One, you know, I think we've mentioned that I'm I'm a writer and I'm very getting very heavily entrenched in the publishing industry, and Amazon has become pretty notorious for screwing over publishers, and they've also become notorious for being a place where you can just throw out whatever ebook you want to put up there. Uh, though that has led to things like Chuck Tingle, so I, I can't fault them too much yeah, for that. For all the minuses, uh, they, we got Chuck Tingle. <laughs> this appears related to something that they have similar for ebooks called Amazon Unlimited. Yep. And what that is, and I've looked into this because uh, while I have been professionally published and I'm not a huge fan of self-publishing. I did toss a short fiction piece out there at one point that was a little short to send to anybody professional, uh, just, you know, to, to look at the process. And to, to be featured as an author in Amazon Unlimited, you basically have to give them a certain degree of exclusivity. And hmm. the money that you get out of it is pitiful. I mean... <laughs> It's basically they put a pot out there and it's all divvied up based on like how many pages people read and apparently there are people already gaming the system. Oh. Of course, you're prob probably not going to see too much of that kind of thing with Comixology, but you know Comixology does have that Comixology submit thing where people can basically self-publish their comics through Comixology. And they're owned by Amazon. Yeah, so that it it does remind me a little bit of some of the the problems that I've run into and complaints that I've run into uh, regarding Amazon's self publishing and just general Kindle ebook business. Uh, the other thing I think is worth mentioning is that uh, I was actually uh, reading on Twitter today. Uh, my friend Sean McKeever was basically talking about how streaming services are they they are not good you know catalog streaming services like this are not good for creators uh you get a pittance of each read basically i mean uh he he basically put it the the one digital uh digital subscription book that he did uh, he could take you out to Chili's on what he made off of it, but you'd have to pick up the drinks and the tip. Uh, so, Ooh. yeah, it's... Ouch. 
it you don't creators do not make a lot of money off of it and i think that may be part of why the big two aren't on theirs because i think from what i know about amazon doing these sorts of things i suspect that they would not agree to amazon's terms yeah well, i don't think dc is interested at all in any kind of digital subscription service in marvel why would they sign up for a thing they'd give away some of their comics for 6.99 when like 3 bucks more they get the entire thing for people signing up for the marvel back catalog yeah, yeah. i mean yeah that it is true that marvel's doing their own thing uh i'm sure amazon again seeing what i've seen of the the back end of their their publishing side of things uh i i wouldn't be surprised if amazon had uh you know for instance if this is something that they're trying to push as getting people basically this is something that i'm wondering if they're going to start packaging with kindles uh, you know as probably. something so much of what amazon's done with their ebook side of things is so much into pushing their own hardware it's all about getting you to buy their hardware or using their hardware to get you to buy other things that's really more of it. They, Everything they price they their hardware really competitively. Hmm. Like yeah. They're close to at cost, but the reason they're close to at cost is so they can constantly push you to sell things and try to keep you engaged with the things they're trying to sell you through it. Yeah. So, it, I, I mean, Marvel may have just not been interested in that. And you'd think it would be good for DC because it would give them some kind of platform yeah, uh, they because really they don't, don't think... have anything like Marvel Unlimited. They... Do they they have some digital comics, but they just don't have everything digital. Yeah. It's like they and have they the don't have any sort thing. of Yeah, yeah they, they don't, don't have, like have any catalog. digital back catalog. Yeah, which seems like you can't go by bizarre these days. So yeah, you there there are Transformers offerings on there. Uh there's no more than meets the eye, which you really have to wonder if that's because that was the one that people would buy from issue one yeah. to issue current. <laughs> yes. Uh, so that, it, it just seems a little sketchy, but we'll see. I mean, it's probably not hurting anyone unless it takes comics into this sort of garbage fire that so much of self-publishing has become right now. <laughs> anyway. Oh, there is actually plenty of Transformers stuff on it from IDW's back catalog. Okay. All of Last Stand of the Wreckers, Maximum Dinobots, if for some reason you want to read that. A lot of the movie <laughs> comics. Hmm. Okay. Uh, several of the uh, Transformers animated tie-in comics. Aw. In fact, I think all of them, including the AllSpark Almanac. Oh, nice. Uh, and then we talked about uh, Marvel G1, uh, the Infestation crossover, the uh, Prime Beast Hunters comic. And then Primacy, Monstrosity, and the first two volumes of Regeneration 1, and four spotlight issues. Okay. Uh, wait, how many so volumes? Yeah, decent. Four. How many volumes of Regeneration 1 were there? Four. Oh. Or at least four collected volumes. I mean, I suspect this is being sold to the publishers as something to entice people to buy, you know, other newer stuff, rather yeah. than some way to get... Some way to make money off of what they're putting up there. I think what's being put up there is, for the most part, either teaser stuff like the first six issues of Saga, 
or it's stuff that isn't really making money right now, but could entice people to, to buy other stuff. So, uh, other comic news, uh, the upcoming Till All Our One comic, which is the, uh, the one that's basically what, uh, Robots in Disguise was for a while there. Uh, it's a lot of the Windblade and Starscream on Cybertron stuff. Uh, now that Robots in Disguise, which is now adjectiveless, has gone on to being on Earth. Uh, that's the, the one with the hard-to-pronounce name triumvirate of Margaret Scott, Sarah Petre de Rocher, and Priscilla Tremontano. Yay! <laughs> I think I did pretty good there. Congratulations, you uh, did. But they are uh, getting, that comic is getting an exclusive cover for actually the Transmissions podcast which is pretty exciting. Uh, they have commissioned an exclusive cover with it. Uh, it is, it's got art by Alex Milne and colored by Josh Perez. And it's got an homage to the, uh, the old Marvel issue 18 cover uh, by Herb Trimp, which was the, uh, the one with blaster and Straxus on it. It's uh, pretty much all that needs to be said. One, one of the five best covers. Yeah. So how yeah, that does an exclusive just... cover for a comic for a podcast work? Yeah. I feel like I need well, this explained. I, <laughs> I think this is like when you have stores that have exclusive covers. I think they actually commission IDW to do it. I think it's something that yeah, but with they the store, actually pay like to have done. There's a physical store to pick it up in. How does it work for a podcast? <laughs> like, Are they well, going to put case... it on their store next to the transmissions t-shirts and buttons and <laughs> cafe press mugs or they're going to have it at their booth at TFCon in Canada and USA. Uh, they're going to have it at TF nation in England. Uh, and they are going to have it online through their sponsors website, primetoys.net. Oh, so they're trying to drive foot traffic to their booth at shows. That, that's okay. really cool. Okay. <laughs> so, so we should send Rob to get us all a copy. Yes, we should we should get Rob up in Canada to go get us some Canadian ones. And add that to our Patreon stretch goals, commission a custom cover from IDW. Oh wow, yeah, that would uh that would be a pretty good stretch goal. That'd be a pretty big stretch goal. It'd be a pretty great stretch goal. Uh so yeah, that's that's the news for this week. Speaking of comic covers and Alex Milne and I don't know, stretching. <laughs> And so I'm pulling up our comic here. So, uh, yeah, new issue of More Than Meets the Eye this week, guys. Oh, goodness. What do y'all think? Well, we were all wrong, and it's even worse than we thought as a result. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody else died. Wait. Okay, one person dies. This one character dies this issue, but it's not who we would have imagined. <laughs> It's not who anybody. It's my a my really favorite. My my <laughs> favorite like half an hour later revelation about this was that somebody is going to have to merge three pages on TF Wiki <laughs> that they would never have expected to be merging. Well, yeah, maybe two of them, yeah, but maybe not the third. Two possibly, but the third was like, wait, what? Yeah, I I think. I think Dominus Ambus was a uh, was a popular fan theory for being Agent One Thirteen. Yeah, he was like in the the top five possibilities. Yes, 
he occasionally came up as a candidate for Tarn, but I think everybody's pretty set on the, the roller Tarn thing at this point. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, as I was reading this, as soon as Rewind found more information about Dominus Ambus. Oh, spoilers, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This is. Maybe move that to the beginning. Many spoilers. Yes. There will be. Sp- I, I usually put a, uh, a spoiler warning on the post connected to these, so hopefully that'll be in the blurb on everybody's podcast reader. Yeah, and we're not doing. Spoilers. We're doing the, the comic news last, so it's after other things people figured out. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, give people a warning that we're going into the spoiler territory. So yeah, sorry for interrupting. Yes. Uh, so yeah, as soon as as rewind. You know, he found some more information on Dominus Ambus and that, well, he was talking, you know, we've, we all have read the issue at this point. Hopefully, if you haven't, go do that. Uh, but, you know, he's talking to Minimus Ambus and some new information about Dominus Ambus comes up. And I thought, well, wait, okay, so Rewind and Chromedome can't die because they are actually having new developments in their ongoing plot. And then it gets resolved. And I'm like, yeah, they're gonna that, die. That, <laughs> they're, they're dead. It's just weird because, like, it, it was the characters like last time we talked about the comic. Is like we were figuring who was probably going to die. Although I don't know if we put it all in the episode, but like, character stories are wrapped up. Like Skids, Skids is probably going to die. His story is kind of wrapped up. Yes. And, and we were figuring, oh, did, oh yes. did, rewind to Chrome Dome. They still got some story to go. They should still survive, at least one of them, and oh, their story gets wrapped up. <laughs> oh crap! Well, <laughs> yep. but given this, there's one of them that's going to survive, and it's not Chrome Dome. Yeah, he's not doing so good, and we see that at the beginning of the issue that he's not doing so good. Uh, so yeah, we start off with with Velocity and Ratchet being super salty at each other. Oh, I was waiting for that. Salty medics. That was good. Uh, they're, uh, they're so good together. Uh, they are concerned about Tailgate possibly burning himself out, which sounds like something that's going to come into play at some point in the next couple issues. Uh, I I really appreciated Skids trying to comfort poor Swerve there in that one panel. <laughs> they just oh, fetal look so that was yeah. And he's just biting is- all of... He's biting what would be his fingernails if he wasn't made of metal. Yeah, how, do, how does yeah. that work? And he's, since he's a metallurgist, he's probably tasting the kind of metal his fingers are made out of anyway. It's got to be weird. <laughs> he's freaking out. That's and, and Skids is just super worried about him. So, so, so yes. So Ratchet and Drift had brought back uh, the pet from the DJD. And Rodimus wants to see if he can use it to find out where the DJD ship is. So Chrome Dome, stupid Chrome Dome, stop it. Stop doing that. Well, He's it, like, yeah, I'll, I'll jack in there. It'll be fine. Chrome Dome was right in the room. Rodimus was talking out loud. I think he was kind of hoping Chrome Dome would insert himself into this. Because <sighs> Rodimus, Rodimus is, is an a little asshole. bit of a... Yeah, yes. Nope. <laughs> Well, unless he already yeah. knew what Ratchet was going to tell him, it's not deliberate here. Yeah, don't do that. But yeah, he Ratchet is the one who explains that he doesn't have a vocal synthesizer that he can only growl. Uh, or he does have a vocal synthesizer, but he can only growl, which we'll find out about shortly. 
So then Chrome Dome volunteers. So uh, is is Minimus Ambus getting measured by Brainstorm not the cutest thing ever? <laughs> it's so weird. Top three. It's like, it's like he's being measured for like a tailored suit. <laughs> with a tape yeah. measure and everything. It's not like he's being measured for a tailored suit. That's exactly what's happening. Well, he's being yeah. measured for a giant robot suit, but like, I don't know, like a suit and tie. Just Minimus Ambus in a suit and tie would be really amusing. He's, yeah, he's being measured for bespoke armor. Yes, it's, it's pretty adorable. So I oh, and and back a, a couple pages. I do really like. Uh, let's see, going to the to the exact line where they're talking about the, why tailgates busting up one of the upper levels. <laughs> Brainstorm says he can't make weapons out of thin air. Well, he says he can, but not in the six and a half hours between now and sunset. <laughs> Of course, Brainstorm is not going to accept any limitations other than, you know, time. Well, I mean, but, but, nitrogen bombs are a thing, aren't they? Yeah, you can yeah. you can synthesize something out of thin air. So, yes, while, while Minimus Ambus is being measured for his new suit, Nightbeat is begging him to let him go try to figure out why the planet is hollow. Uh, and he eventually gives in probably, you know, so he'll shut up. <laughs> yeah. He also disses Rung bad. Yeah, that's not very nice. See, like I said, the the thing about Nightbeat, he was so lovable in G1 when he was being a jerk to characters that you didn't have any feelings about. But in Where the Meets the Eye, he's being a jerk to, like, Chrome Dome and Rung, and it's just not yeah. not the same as being mean to Siren and Hosehead. Yeah. Uh, but But yes, Magnus told him that he could go as long as he didn't go alone. And he said, I said I'd take someone he could do without <laughs> to rung. And he says, I'm joking. You're not, though, are you? No. Well, so, he does have yeah, a point. I mean, it's like, fight for your life is coming up and wrong, wrong. It's wrong. Yeah, <laughs> he's not known for his combat skills. He, he transforms into a stick. We still don't know what that stick does, though. Not yet. Which, which is another what? one of those subplot things that seems like he's going to have to uh, he's going to have to still make it through here. Yeah, uh, him uh, and Nightbeat's head. Un- unless Rung has something to do with the Hollow Planet. Ooh. Yeah. That could be interesting. It's a maybe. It's an interesting possibility, but it doesn't line up with the alternate functionist universe thing. Kind of, I well, don't think they knew about the Necrobot planet there. Well, they had something planned, they just, we didn't know what it was. Hollow planet is something mysterious, and Rung transforms into something mysterious. It's a possibility. Yeah. Then again, we were surprised by <laughs> the connection reveal in this, so who knows what James Roberts has planned. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally weird random things. Uh, like getting so yeah. shanghai into a hallway and going through the besties ceremony. <laughs> yes. yes. Nautica has Velocity, Skids, Rung, Brainstorm, and Nightbeat all come and have a formal Amica Endura ceremony. And they all hold hands. And it's very cute. Oh, it's very cute. And, and it's also, oh, her plot line is wrapped up. Shoot. Her, <laughs> oh, I'm going to reveal I'm friends with somebody. To somebody. A bunch of somebodies. Um, I'm sad it's not Ravage there. 
But uh, and skids for your kindness and your dancing. Uh, <laughs> I shipped those two so hard. Yeah. So hard. Well, now she has harem ships, so there you go. Yeah. So meanwhile, Chrome Dome is doing things that he shouldn't be doing. The same thing he's always doing that he shouldn't be doing. <laughs> yes. Sticking his fingers in people's heads. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, Rewind is going through the, uh, the archives of the Necrobots, uh, just seeing if there's anything interesting. Because he just finished sending the message that they recorded that they sent out issues ago that we found out, which began this whole story arc. Yep. So that's also, when... the letter showed remarkable restraint by replacing the N with an L for the sound effect of Chrome Dome's Nemo surgery needles sliding out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very Wolverine moment. Hmm. So Minimus Ambus, I'd like to point out, is slightly shorter than Rewind in his smallest form. Just, just slightly. Which is precious. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're discussing Brainstorm fitting him for a new suit, and it comes up that someone else in, in his family, someone else with a mustache, was also a load bearer. It turns out Dominus Ambus was also a smaller guy in a suit. <laughs> and, you know, he talks about how he, he mentions that Dominus Ambus was even more sensitive about his size and, you know, had the outer armor and all and didn't even tell Rewind because, you know, he was self-conscious about it. <laughs> so meanwhile, yeah, it's it's pretty cute. It's, it's robots being robots that can change size and shape or self-conscious about their height. It's just such a silly idea. Well, they don't want to be that small. That's it's it's embarrassing being short sometimes. People condescend to you. Trust me, I'm like five foot three. <laughs> so, uh, so Chrome Dome is digging around in the pet's brain and finds out that it has been domesticated, which I think they they touched on this back in the last Scavenger story. Uh, with all those animal bots that had been oh yeah they did and captured yeah forgot about yeah that. it's it's huh. it's a super horrifying thing where they they take away your transformation cog and they make it where you can only make animal sounds and then they slowly screw with your head so <laughs> so that's messed up yeah yeah. And it's one of those things that, you know, that, that pops up sometimes in, in James Roberts' writing and, and, you know, some some similar things where they use a, a term that's a very sort of everyday term for, for us, but which has horrible, horrible connotations in this particular setting. So, yes, he's been domesticated and everyone is horrified by this. Yeah. Yeah, James Roberts has a real talent for coming up with everyday mundane words that he uses for creative fates worse than death. Well, that that <laughs> yes. is kind of like a British comic writer tradition, in a way. Yeah, I think that's uh, yeah, it's a very British thing, but it's great. Mm -hmm. So, Chrome Dome is, is saying that he's gonna dig deeper and try to find it. 
uh, and possibly reverse the process and, and fix him. So back in the big database room, uh, Rewind is going through the original Grand Cybertronian Taxonomy, which <laughs> is a big catalog of every alt mode ever. And apparently the functionists had a habit of, uh, of messing with it, as he says, whenever an alt mode became extinct. Uh, so Rewind's pretty excited to have a, uh, an original version of this to download. Uh, so he asks Minimus Ambus to show him what Dominus looked like under his armor and you know, as as he's doing that, he gets a message from Drift saying, you need to get to the med bay now. Chrome Dome's injecting. Something's gone wrong. And and as he says that, Minimus Ambus goes, there you go. That's him. And up on the screen is a guy with a mustache who turns into a turbo fox, which is what <laughs> yep. the pet is. Yeah. And Something's gone wrong. The A plot has collided with the B plot. <laughs> no! <laughs> And then at the exact same time, Chrome Dome gets deep enough into the uh, patient's memories to know exactly who he is. Yes, they they both discover this at the same time. And then he takes and the I, Lord's name in vain. It, only it, well, he says, "Oh God," not "Oh Primus," which is a little odd, but whatever. He's been on Earth before, hasn't? He? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's also been established in this that just for simplicity's sake uh he tends more towards writing the human version of whatever it is and letting you assume that they're actually saying the cybertronian equivalent in yeah. the cybertronian equivalent language yet we still have conjunct's and dura and stuff well that's that's a latin based word so therefore whatever the cybertronian actual word for it is based on an older cybertronian word I think it's just a matter of whether or not you want to call attention to the concept or just <laughs> yes. want to let it slide as a don't think too hard kind of moment. <laughs> as as a thing. Yeah. As, you know, it, it distracts from the point to to have sci-fi speak. So I, I very much appreciate that when Rewind comes running to the med bay, he immediately punches Rodimus. Oh, because nice. Rodimus deserves that so I'm hard. I'm sure you can oh, yeah. to the jaw. That's just uppercut, which, I mean, I guess it'd have to be an uppercut because Rewind is short. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so, yes, Rewind comes in to the med bay to find the saddest thing in the world, oh. which is Chrome Dome. Chrome Dome's realized he's reached a point where he can either save Dominus Ambus or save himself. And being Chrome Dome, he, he says, you can have him instead of me. Oh, God, that's... Oh, I, I love Chrome Dome. Wonderfully horrible. Such an emo. That's so sad. He, he dug so, too deep. So, yes. Yes, he, he got a little too deep. Uh, so... He he says that, and you get a shot of Rewind looking at Drift's sword. <laughs> so Rewind grabs Drift's sword and cuts Chrome Dome's arm off. And then they end up in the same, Chrome Dome's on the floor in the same position as he was back when 
the first Rewind died, except this time he's got Rewind there with him. Yeah, oh. Things have, oh their God. story has come full circle. Yeah. Quite literally, so, since yeah, Rewind the, uh... is actually hugging the tire on Chrome Dome's shoulder. Little <laughs> <laughs> CD tire. So, so yeah, apparently Dominus Ambus infiltrated the DJD uh, as the the notorious Agent 113. Uh, when he was found out, they trapped him in his alt mode and domesticated him and made him into their pet, which is pretty screwed up. Really screwed up. It's super screwed up. I think it's even more screwed up that then in the last issue... Kaon made that huge deal about him getting captured. Yeah, it puts an extra level on, like, Kaon was worried about his pet that was gone. Only now we find out his pet was actually some other dude he'd lobotomized and kept as a pet. Yeah. And Kaon gets his head ripped off for it, so we're less mad now? (laughs) No... I'm it's, I'm still It's more, I'm still it's more levels of wow, that's creepy. It's it's disturbing. That is it is super disturbing to think about. Yeah, anyway. Even the DJD members who are momentarily sympathetic are not sympathetic. No. <laughs> they're really messed up. They're the embodiment of that gift cool motive still murder. <laughs> yeah. uh, speaking of which the army of darkness is here. Yeah. It's a pretty cool shot. That's a really yeah. cool shot. It, it makes me try to wonder it's like that has to be the back of somebody's head, but who? I kept wondering. <laughs> One of them kind of looks a, think, a little bit like Star Saber, maybe? Or something. You think you're having trouble with that? Imagine the guys on the wiki. Oh, Imagine yeah. Chris McFeely. <laughs> <laughs> who is that? Whose head is that the back of? If you told me the guy in the bottom left who is otherwise the closest was Rampage, I would believe you. Not like G1 Rampage, like Beast Wars Rampage. Oh yeah, the I, I kind of thought that was Get a Robo Dragon, but could be Rampage. <laughs> Who knows? Both have a spiky head. But it's it's a really nice splash page. The coloring is very nice. Uh, the way the the shields are glowing reddish in the uh, in the sunset, and it's all you know all touching them and pinkish orange yeah, it's, it's, it's a sweet page it's a nice moody color scheme that that reminds me of why idw's coloring is so good right now because for a while mm-hmm. you, you get too much color you color everybody no this is hearkening back to what we used to complain about long long ago in g1 nail yom tovs just color everybody some shade of blue in the background yay it was flat but it There's... worked it, it was Moody, and this is just yeah. a little bit of shading on that simple blue moodiness. Yes. So, once uh, somebody I knew made a joke that Nel Yomtov sounded like a, a uh, Jewish holiday when you celebrate the time that there should have only been enough desaturated blue for three days, but it lasted a whole week. I always thought it sounded like a Star Wars character name. but That, that too, that too. But you need to tie it in with the desaturated blue. That's the important thing. (laughs) So yes, the next page we have gone to our other artist for this issue, uh, Hayato Sakamoto, uh, who is doing pages 14 through 18, uh, which is uh, first a shot of the Decepticon leadership here with uh, Tarn and Overlord and Deathsaurus, Leozak and Nickel. 
Nickel and oh, who's the little guy's face in the back? I forget which city that oh, dude Voss. is. Oh, yeah. That one's Voss. I have I have actually learned to tell them all apart now. <laughs> and Tesserus actually over over to the side by Overlord. The big X. Uh, but what I care about is Leozak. And he's actually got a, a gun that's vaguely shaped like his original toy gun. Yeah, so kinda. I'm happy. So so meanwhile, world ships Cyclonus and Tailgate super hard. Yes. It's it's pretty adorable. Yeah, it kinda is. I'm so yes. I want to believe it's shipping, but I believe it came across to me more as bafflement at the entire concept of romantic attraction and hoping to get an explanation out of Cyclonus that Cyclonus has no interest in giving. I kind of got it that, well, Whirl is kind of like asexual, but he sees these two acting close together. He doesn't quite understand that, but he sees it's obvious to him, even him who doesn't care about relationships. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he, I, and I think that he's he's just being nosy. I think that's he's true. Just... He's enjoying poking and prodding Cyclonus. Yeah, yeah, he's making Cyclonus uncomfortable, which is one of his favorite pastimes. Uh, so yeah, they're they're working on getting one of the turrets up and running, and Whirl's just basically pestering Cyclonus about you know his feelings. He's just pestering him, uh, and and Cyclonus gets a little fed up and basically says that tailgate deserves better than him. And, uh, I, I do really appreciate that, you know, at the end when they're talking about, uh, you know, how there's about to be this big battle and cyclist says, Oh, Oh, we'll survive this. He'll survive this at any rate because of the upgrade, because I'll split this world open and tear down the sky before I allow him to come to even the slightest harm. Oh, uh, yeah. Cyclonus is... This Cyclonus is so interesting. Like, nothing I would have ever imagined G1 Cyclonus was like. Yeah. Like, just a few panels before that, the world asks, so, so so it's a height difference problem. And, and Cyclonus is like, in a way it is. He towers over me. Aww... Wonderful. Another height joke, but yes, I I don't know why, but I can't get enough of Transformers and height jokes. Well, they do have scale problems. So. Yeah. And then they finish yes. the repairs on the gun, and Whirl, being Whirl, tests it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he he comes back downstairs looking a little battered, and and says points out that they can't shoot the perimeter guns. Through the shield, which, which has he has been learned, yes, which he has learned by trying. <laughs> they did foreshadow this. Oh, which part? Uh, remember the episode where uh, Oh Tail Trail Cutter Trail was Trail. in kind of that bottle situation with members of the DJD, and that being the case with his kind of force fields was the entire premise of the standoff. Ah, uh, right. <laughs> so there's that. So they're all basically hunkering down, getting ready. It's 20 minutes until sunset and Megatron comes out, you know, fairly repaired, mostly repaired. Ratchet is with him. There is the happiest looking Ravage. Oh, that, that that's my favorite panel right there. Just, just Megatron walking, looking fine. Ravage is, <gasps> his mouth's just wide open like happy cat. Yay, he's okay again. <laughs> Yay. I love sad old man and his cat. 
So Rodimus presents him, Rodimus and Ten present him with a new fusion cannon, which Brainstorm made out of the teleport chamber. And Megatron wants no part of it. So presumably they got all the organics out by now, hopefully. Oh, that's that's something they were talking about was that they could, if Nightbeat found a way into the planet, they could take them into there. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, presumably they're still here because there's not really anywhere they could have taken them. Yeah, because I Point. think they had to leave them in the their pod whatever room because they couldn't fit them in the teleport oh, tube, right. I guess, or something like that. I think Good point. Yeah, Nautica was you guys remember correctly. Do something about them or something. I don't know. Anyway, Megatron still doesn't want to kill anybody, even to save his own life and the lives of those people around him who are about to be murdered by hundreds of angry Decepticons. Like. No, I don't want to. He's scared. He's afraid, which, again, is interesting for a Megatron. Yeah, I I like Rodimus saying that him he and his conscience made a lovely couple. <laughs> so so yeah, and Rodimus is trying to uh, give him a sort of sidelines talk, and, you know, saying everyone here is scared. We've still got to do this. Uh, and, and Nautica and Skids are all sort of comforting each other very adorably because, you know, yeah. it's Sakamoto art. It, it's, it's adorable and it's also just weird that something I don't think we've seen before. Nautica's holding Skids' head to her breast. Yeah, well. Literally and figuratively. It, it's, Sakamoto's great. I love Mil, but Sakamoto does a, a body language a little bit better or a little bit more. High, or not quite over the top, but just more than Milne does. Mm-hmm. More theatrical more. acting. Yes, that's what yeah. And and tailgates there holding Cyclonus's hand, but yeah, he he's Megatron's offering to stay behind, coordinate things, but he doesn't want to go out. He says, "I can't go out there." And, and Ravage is then a sad oh. kitty. Oh wait a minute! But, I just noticed Skids yes. and Nautica are holding hands with their other hand. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. My okay, ship. Okay, so- Sakamoto's actually more subtle than I thought. Okay. My ship, baby. <laughs> my ship. Okay, I'm fine with the ship now. Cause... It's about to be cast upon the rocks. Yeah. But for now, I will appreciate huh? my ship. It's it's more than meets the eye where all your ships are cannon, and yet it still hurts. Oh, and, and yet one yeah. of my favorite ships is destroyed in the very next page. Megatron gives up and Ravage shouts at him, Megatron! I'm so ashamed of you, as Megatron sadly walks away into the distance. That's not necessarily a ship being sunk. <laughs> no, but, but it's, it's just... From a few pages ago, Ravage was so happy, and now he's got a sad face. Yeah. And Megatron walking down that corridor is definitely to the tune of the Bruce Banner walking away <laughs> theme from the Incredible Hulk TV show. Yes. Oh my god, yes. Yes. Uh, and so... Apparently, also, uh, Velocity informs us that uh, Minimus had a poem he wanted to read, something about poppies, which I take to be a reference to what what also comes up about On Flanders Fields, uh, which is a poem, I believe, regarding uh, World War One, which is another very British thing. Yeah, uh, them and poppies, so something symbolic, war, dead. 
something. Yes, yeah. around the Tower of London, oh, uh, which yeah. admittedly I primarily know because I follow the Tower of London Raven Masters Twitter feed. <laughs> uh, they they have a memorial that they put up once a year with a big field of of little paper poppies. Oh right, that's right. Huh. So yes, there there are some British references. In here, yay! And Swerve reacts like he's being told they're going to put on a uh, a reading of Vogon poetry. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he does not care to hear Minimus Ambus's poetry. Uh, so, speak of the devil. Brainstorm comes out with the the newly suited up Maximus Ambus. It's just like Ultra Magnus on steroids. Ultra Mega so big. Magnus. So big and so good. Yeah. Not that much different. He's just a little bulkier, has a few more missile pods and gun turrets. Yeah, same uh, same colors, I think. Uh, probably the same helmet, but... Yeah. Yeah, he's he's definitely upgraded. I mean, he's he's easily half as... Or, uh, he's easily twice as tall as Brainstorm. Yeah. More than. Yeah. So... Nightfall, no sign of wrong or nightbeat. Uh, there are gunshots outside. Maximus Ambus says tasty. That feels really out of character for him. Well, maybe he's like all psyched up. I guess, but tasty? <laughs> it does seem like a bit of a strange choice. Yeah. He seems like he'd say something more literal. <laughs> maybe he's trying. Maybe it's him not being any good at metaphors still. So I'm, I'm just yes. Okay, now I'm imagining somebody calling him on that and him saying, "Well, I was in Swerves last night because I didn't have any other choice about where to be while they were getting the measurements taken for the first half of it." And <laughs> Swerve insisted on playing this movie from Earth called uh, "Army of Darkness." <laughs> it seemed appropriate, and yeah, nobody tells Magnus that he got the line oh, wrong. Oh. Ah, he tries. Hug. Yes, Rodimus pulls them all in for a big group hug. And Magnus's hands are just on the outside of the entire hug. Yes, he he's basically just pulling the hug together because he's so big. And and yeah, he says thanks for traveling with me. And then they go out into the night. To go into the next issue. Yay! Oh man. So yeah, that issue. That issue. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. A, a character backstory was tied up in the most improbable way. But also yeah, the but most it... gutting way. Yes. Yes. I mean, it doesn't feel... I mean, it's it's definitely a surprise, but it doesn't feel like... No, it, it doesn't feel wrong. It's just that the events that brought them to finding out at the exact same time and having the pet there was kind of contrived. Yeah, but the impact, I think, was worth it. Okay. Yeah. It was, oh man, oh man, and Chrome Dome. <laughs> he just, um, poor guy. He's such a mess. That's why I love him. And then... Oh, wait a minute. In the group hug, he has his arm back. Okay. Oh, well, maybe he got it put back on. Or, wait, which are, yeah, that, that's the arm that got cut off. They were in uh, their makeshift med bay, 
And it was cut off at a joint pretty cleanly, so. And Ratchet was right there. Yeah. Yeah. Ratchet was probably like, ah, give it here. Yay, we win a no prize. (laughs) Yay, we explained a thing. Also, there's... There's something I just realized while we were going through this that I think is going to be an important uh, Chekhov's gun. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Brainstorm is busy unveiling Maximus Ambus so he doesn't present the gun made from the teleport chamber in person. Uh-huh. And that- Brainstorm seems like the type who would make Megatron a gun that fits with his pacifist nature. It just teleports people. <laughs> yeah, it just teleports them off world instead of killing them, and that's why he made it out of the teleport chamber. That would be pretty interesting. Oh, that I I want Tarn to pick up that gun and just start shooting people now. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me, I'm so great. Finish you with your own weapon, Megatron. Bloop. Oh, I'm I'm expecting it to be more of a climactic moment. Megatron's like still refusing to uh fight anyone uh-huh. and then uh brainstorm is like yelling from getting the crap beat out of him by one of the djd and just goes megatron i made the gun from the teleport chamber i've renounced and then brainstorm violence gets his head ripped off it teleports you and then he gets his head ripped off no it teleports Aww. people and then he gets his head ripped off and then megatron just starts shooting like maybe all the <laughs> autobots and then he's like the only one left that's not oh, DG50. That, that would be a good ending. I'd like that ending. Although, it, more likely he just tried to teleport the DJD off the planet. Or into the planet. Or something. Yeah. So, a lot of potential there. I hope I've identified what he's going to do, but you never know. Oh, so. I want decapitations. You, you have convenient alien Neblonians or whatever nearby. And you have headmasters just waiting to have their heads ripped off. We've got a convenient story coming up. <laughs> it's a convenient toy line coming up. Yeah, sorry, Rodimus. It was nice seeing your head on your shoulders, but it's got to go. So, uh, Don't worry, yeah, it'll be back next... and it'll be able to turn into its own little guy. So uh, so next issue. we uh, it's, it's the last issue of this arc. It's going to hurt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really going to hurt. I'm expecting I mean, this hurt. To... This hurt a lot, but the next one's really gonna hurt. Yeah, we're gonna lose some. We're gonna end the story. Wait, didn't James Roberts say if he had to stop writing the series now, the next issue would be a perfectly fine ending for it? Yeah. You know what would be funny? If we still didn't find out who Tarn is. <laughs> I'm kinda <laughs> hoping that doesn't happen. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Just left dangling. At this point, or like, some of the characters find out, but we don't find out. Oh man, that would be mean. That would be great, but mean. Oh, are we going to get a Headmaster k mm-hmm. <laughs> No, no. We're You're horrible. <laughs> no. Also, because I'm pretty sure k is the one who turns into an electric share. Well, no, (laughs) no, we're not. That's like the least likely. You could have a like a drag racer that's sort of chair like. I suppose. suppose. We did get a character that turns into a hand at one point. So. (laughs) (laughs) 
But that wasn't all he turned into. True. And I'm still gutted we never got Signal Lancer. Yeah, Signal Lancer was the best. Oh, he would have been so good for Combiner Wars, because he he could have been like a little playset with the v- you'd have with other vehicles to play with. <laughs> like he he just turns into a bit of a street and a sign. Yes, a stoplight. Yeah. Awesome. So next week, uh, this week there is also adjectiveless Transformers coming out. Oh. Uh, but we don't have time to discuss that and more than meets the eye this week. So we will be discussing that next week. Yes. Yes, we will be discussing uh, but... Optimus makes poor decisions next week. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so that's it for this week. Uh, so join us back next week for whatever news has happened in between and discussion of the next issue of Adjectiveless Transformers. Uh, until then, this is Jen. And Alex. And baby. Goodbye. Okay, stop That's what the f- crashed. Firefox crashed. Oh, f- um. Uh, l- let me re. Shit, I I I saw a little thingy that said crash report popped up, but I didn't want to f- with it in case it was Skype. And I just noticed it's apparently Firefox. Uh, let's open that and see what happens. It's probably not going to work. Oh crap. <laughs>